welcome to another edition of Puck Talk. I'm your host, Spider Jack, a.k.a. Jack Woods. In studio with me today is Coach Columbus, a.k.a. Matt Pusta. Hey, Matt, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be back on the show with you. Happy to have you back. So, we have a lot of NHL news to discuss as the first, I'd say, official week. Now that we're sort of accustomed to it, the first official week of the NHL is back, and we're going to run through the standings real quick. In the Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division, the Carolina Hurricanes are currently in first place. Eight points, four wins in four games. The Washington Capitals follow in second with six points in five games played. And the Rangers are in are tied with the Philadelphia Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins for third place. In the Atlantic Conference, you have the Buffalo Sabres, seven points. Detroit in second with six place, tied with Boston. And then in fourth place is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then in the Central Division, the St. Louis Blues are in the lead with seven points. And then the Colorado Avalanche. The Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets are tied for second place with six points. And then in the Pacific Division, the Edmonton Oilers lead eight points. The Anaheim Ducks follow with six points. And then the Calgary Flames are in third place with five points. Matt, first impressions? There are some definite surprises. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Is, uh, I mean, there's some where where you wonder, is is this just sort of a... A quick little blip, or is this something sustainable? Uh, I look at a team like like Buffalo. Uh, so, for for reference, I was uh, before there was a Columbus Blue Jackets. I would have termed myself a, a Buffalo Sabers fan. Uh, so, I, I I do have a soft spot for the the Sabers, but the Sabers break your heart no, every yeah. every year. They <laughs> they get off to these these starts. Look at last year; they got off to a hot start and. Uh, and then dropped off the map after that. Um, so is a is a team like the Sabers? Uh, are they ready to go? Can they keep it going? That's that's the big question for them. And then a team like Carolina, the storm surge, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's picking up steam, and and uh, Rod Brindamore's got those guys going. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And the team that most surprised me was the Edmonton Oilers. Absolutely. How about James Neal? The real deal. He is back and better than ever. Seven goals in four games. He he is the man. Uh, I mean, outside of that that year last year, which I, I think maybe he was, I don't know if the alarm clock just didn't go off or something <laughs> the entire year, but uh, he was absent for, mm-hmm. for the Flames all year last year. And, uh, I mean, to already have... Is it more goals than than he had all of last year in the first four games? I think so. Um, I think he has. I think he scored six goals in fifty plus games last year, which was terrible. I mean, if you if you take out that year with Calgary, I mean James Neal helps teams win. Uh, He he can he can provide. He can certainly provide secondary scoring, Mm -hmm. uh, but you know maybe. Having some some of those talented centermen around him in in uh, in Edmonton, mm-hmm. maybe this is going to be a major career year for for James Neal. Well, I mean, when you play with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, obviously things are going to go really well for you. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> keep keep your stick down on the ice, and the puck's going to find it. Well, that's basically what happened. He scored yeah. two goals on the power on the five minute power play in his four goal uh, game performance, and he just. It's amazing what happens when you go right to the net. Yeah, somebody's got to score those garbage goals, and uh, <laughs> and, and Neil is uh, is certainly a big enough body that he can mm-hmm. he can 
park himself right in front of the net. And uh, not only is that going to open it up for himself, uh, but, I mean, a guy like Leon Dreisaitl mm-hmm. all of a sudden can uh, can use that screen, throw, throw it at the net, and uh, if Neil's not going to redirect it, maybe it finds its way clean into the net. The one thing I noticed about Neil was that it, it wasn't just garbage goals. He stole the puck uh, from the high slot and slapped it past um, uh, whoever it was. But, I mean, it's not like he's lost this scoring touch and he's mm-hmm. just getting, like, Scott Hardinal-esque goals. <laughs> right. He's earning these goals. Yeah. Well, and with, with Neil, too, so, sometimes I forget that he's, I mean, only 32. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I picture, I, I picture him as being older for some reason. So there's there's still enough jump left in him that uh, you know maybe maybe Edmonton got a steal because uh, Luch, Lucci ain't working out with uh, with Calgary right now. So not exactly no. And um, he's second on the team. Neil is second on the team with a 15 percent shooting percentage, and he's third on the team in points, following of course Drysaddle and McDavid. McDavid has. Eight points in four games. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, get on this bandwagon too early. But it is. Um, it's at least something to say of the Edmonton Oilers to get off to this hot start when they were predicted to be last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they can, if they can score more than they <laughs> than they let up, then maybe they can ride this. But. Uh, uh, but at the moment, I mean, they're they're getting it in all phases. Miko Koskinen for the uh, the goalie for the Edmonton Oilers isn't having a bad start either with a nine fourteen save percentage. Mm-hmm. He's uh, goal against average is two point four two. He's had Mike Smith has seen a little bit more time, but Miko Koskinen not too bad. Mike Smith is Mike Smith, but mm-hmm. in terms of the goaltending situation for Edmonton, Miko Koskinen might be an answer. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think last year it seemed like it was gaining a little bit of momentum for him. Where they were talking about, oh, hey, maybe this, maybe this is the guy. Maybe you know, maybe he can at least give some sort of support back there mm-hmm. uh, to sort of calm the waters for the the defenseman. Um, but Mike Smith might also be a perfect goalie for that group because of his aggressive nature and. Mm-hmm how well he can pass out of the defensive zone and how aggressively he plays the puck maybe he you know maybe he gets some of those uh long stretch passes to those those forwards who can really jump uh and uh, and maybe this will be good good stuff for for the Oilers basically i think the Oilers just need to keep it out of the defensive zone if they can get into the offensive zone good things might happen if they get into the defensive zone that's when things might get a little bit shaky exactly so that's why they're not going to be i don't think they'll be a playoff team but and they are fun to watch right now and another team that's fun to watch just out of pure enjoyment is the san jose sharks (laughs) i loved watching the san jose sharks over these over this last week because they suck it is they are terrible it is really surprising uh i mean is it is it something where it's joe pavelski made that much of a difference in the room or is it patrick marlowe who made that much of a difference i mean (laughs) the ageless wonder patrick marlowe scores two goals first of all they get demolished 
by the Nashville Predators 5-2 to two on the road. And then they sign Marlowe to a one-year deal, who, by the way, is 41 years old. Yes. And he comes out and he scores two goals. And he's tied for fourth on the team in points already. Patrick Marlowe, as you say, is the ageless wonder. I love that. I love that they have no secondary scoring. <laughs> right. I love that that top line is just going to be an old man line. I love that so much. They've got no no other choice than to play Marlowe first line minutes. And they've got no choice. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you could you could waste him on a on a a third line, but he's got nobody to play with on on the third line. So you might as well put him with uh Couture or uh uh, or even Thornton up, mm-hmm. up there. The, the, a Thornton Marlowe re- reunion would be great. It's amazing uh, for old guys everywhere. You'd, <laughs> you'd, you'd love to see that. Uh, but I mean, it, you you won't be able to hide him on a on a third or a fourth line. So you might as well put him right out in the open on the on the first line and and see if he can help a guy like a Hurdle or something like that uh, on the on the opposite wing. Tomas Hurdle has been invisible mm-hmm. over these last couple of games. Which, but I don't want to blame the offense at all for the San Jose's uh, blunders. Martin Jones, man, what's one word? The one word that uh, when Martin Jones comes to mind, Justin Bradford asked me this question. What's the one word that comes to mind with Martin Jones? Uh, can I can I hyphenate a word? Sure, and and, and say empty net. <laughs> <laughs> he is terrible. Yeah, I've never seen a goalie who has such high expectations perform so poorly yeah i mean when you when you see him in net he looks like the prototype mm-hmm. you know he looks like oh man this is if if you if you knew nothing about hockey and you came in and you saw him sitting in net you'd go oh okay this guy's really good isn't he <laughs> but then the, the game drops <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh seven o'clock local time comes around and um and the light bulb goes off. It's like, oh, you're 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 bad. Yeah, you're really really bad. And I, I yeah, want to. We got to take like a seven second break because the studio makes me. But you're listening to ninety one five FM, your sound alternative. This is Bill Lynch, head football coach at DePaul University, and you're listening to ninety one five WGRE. Okay, now we're back because the studio uh, requires me. I got an email saying that I need to do better with the one-liners in the show, so uh-huh. that's why we had to do that. But I love watching the San Jose Sharks. Yes. It's like watching uh, an OHL team right now. Evander Kane misses the first three games because of suspension yeah. for because the ref tackled him. That was, I mean, that was... A little much. Yeah. Yes, you can't make contact with uh, with an official, but when the official is the one who initiates the contact, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That was a little a bit l- little bit of a raw deal for for Kane, but uh, that does not take away from the fact that the Sharks have no idea what they're doing right now, and how long of a leash does. DeBoer have as the as the coach with a roster like that. Well, you have Eric Carlson and Brent Burns who are fantastic defensive defensemen. Maybe not uh, 
Carlson on the defensive aspect, but Brent Burns was voted the number one defenseman in the NHL, which is no small feat. So you expect a guy like him produce, and you expect a guy that make that's making around eleven million dollars a year to produce offensively. And Eric Carlson, has, for the most part, has been pretty invisible. And I don't know how what the future of the San Jose Sharks is going to look like. If this is indicative of how the the other seventy eight games are going to go. Yeah, I mean, where where do they turn? Certainly, they certainly we've talked about uh, struggles in net, but when you get down to that uh, that third pairing on the defensive side, and if once you get past those first two lines offensively, the it's it's pretty bare. I, I think giving up on a guy like uh, Junis Donskoy too, and not not bringing that guy back, mm-hmm. while while he's not exactly a household name. That's a guy who who made that third line a little bit better for for the Sharks. Yeah, and they the Sharks have no money. They have no they have no money to spend. They don't have. They are already using LTIR money, and they're projected. Uh, they, they they they're nothing. They have no money to spend on a free agent. So they need to either trade pieces or they need to um they they need to get something. They're really lucky that, or I should say, maybe Sharks fans are really lucky that um, Marlowe signed for league minimum for a year. Uh, because otherwise, where are they turning? <laughs> they have they they have nowhere to go. But the Nashville Predators seem to have made a huge, uh, a huge impact. Well, Matt Duchesne has sent words. Matt Duchesne has made a huge <laughs> impact on the Nashville Predators already, mm-hmm. and. For a free agent, uh, he has eight points in four games, one goal, seven assists. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of Matt Duchesne's play lately? I know that he was a Columbus Blue Jacket, <laughs> right? So uh, it might be a little bit hard. Oh, it's it's uh, it's definitely uh, a little bit of salt in the wound, kind of turning the knife a little <laughs> bit. But uh, but no, I I I, I love Matt Duchesne, uh, and uh, I I mean that guy. That guy can can run an offense. Uh, he can chip in in a lot of ways, especially uh, with helping out in uh, on offensive zone starts too. With with how well he does on the draw, I mean that guy's that guy's a solid player. I think the world of Matt Duchesne. Yeah, and what I love most about Duchesne's impact already is because it is the. Um effect he's had on Philip Forsberg and Mikael Glendland. Have you seen their play recently? I have loved watching them. Forsberg is is uh, one of those guys who is I think a superstar in waiting. He might uh, he might be able to to lead uh, the, you know the league in scoring at some point maybe maybe not scoring but be in the upper uh, you know, top ten of the, of the league or something like that, but uh, but without a doubt, having a, a center like Duchesne to to get the puck to Forsberg um, mm-hmm. will help out a ton for him. Yes, and we actually have our first call in. Hey, 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 how you doing, Coach B? What up, Wyatt Spector from Denver? How you doing? All right, how are you, Wyatt? <laughs> I'm doing great. Hey, I just have some uh, 2019 predictions here. I got Avalanche and the Blues, Western Conference Finals, Avalanche. In, in four. Easy. Easy sweep. Very wow. nice. Very nice. What a I, prediction. I see that uh, that, that uh, Rocky Mountain air is getting to you over there. 
That regional bias has uh, no impact on what he's saying at all. <laughs> but but I but I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, I I think that uh, I think the Avs have a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if it's Avs and four, but they've got a shot. That's for sure. They are tied. Uh, for second place in the Central Division. And the only reason that they're tied is because St. Louis somehow managed to get one game to overtime. So it's not far. I actually predicted the Colorado Avalanche to win the division on full press coverage. Mm -hmm. So it's not far-fetched to say that the Avalanche do have a legitimate shot this year. Yeah, wow, ha- Jack, I like what you think. Coach P, I like the predictions as well. <laughs> there we go. It was, it, it's great listening to you guys, and you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. Awesome. You <laughs> Thank too. you. Have, have a great day. Have a- Very nice. Very nice. That's the, fir- that's the first time that's actually happened. Former uh, former DePa Tiger, Wyatt Spector. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon scores last night, and... You know, now that Patrick Laine is back and not ins- outright insulting his teammates and his team, <laughs> right. it appears that the Central Division just got even tighter. Yeah, with uh, with Winnipeg with Laine, it uh, it it's incredible uh, to see what a what a difference a week makes with Winnipeg. Yeah, because at the beginning of the year, you know, we were talking about. Where does this defense go? Uh, you know, without without having big buff back there, what does it what does it look like? But all of a sudden, a, a, a little bit of a rejuvenated line A. Yeah, uh, maybe those uh, those contract talks were really uh, wearing on them or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but a not only rejuvenated, but uh, um, a guy who has who is at least saying the right things now, thanking thanking the line mates after the uh, after the big night for him. Yeah, and the thing I you know for a fact the vocal leader in that room after Line was signed went directly to him and said, "If you pull that during the season, right, it's not going to be good." And but Line seems to have you know he he seems to have turned it around. I guess he's got three goals, seven assists, and ten points. I think he's leading the league in points right now over Zabanishad, yeah. mm-hmm. which no small feat again. Right. I, I, I guess the Winnipeg Jets are back. I yeah. Guess. T- tip of the cap to uh, to the guy wearing the C there in uh, Blake Wheeler. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure that. <laughs> I'm sure that guy uh, gave him a stern talking to. So. Yeah. Well, back to the Nashville Predators real yes. quick, and then we will. Um, after break, we'll talk about the teams that have surprised the most and then the teams that have surprised the worst. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about a little bit about the return of Braden Point, John Gibson, and the unfortunate Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> unfortunate. It's been but, a rough start. <laughs> <laughs> but the Nashville Predators have definitely surprised me in the offense. Mm-hmm. They have just come alive. I've never seen a team that's so deep and a team that can respond to f- from four to two in the second period to winning six to five over the Washington Capitals. Yes, I mean um, Victor Arvidsson is pounding on the door once mm-hmm. again. Two assists, three pipes in two games, two goals. Philip Forsberg is burying every single chance he's getting from Matt Duchesne. Mikhail Glenland is the most entertaining player to watch on the Nashville Predators right now, and Matthias Ekholm. Mm-hmm. Is deciding that he's going to fill in PK Subban skates, <laughs> which 
which is a surprise to everyone, of course. Of course, <laughs> you don't uh, you don't look at those two and and go, oh, this guy can, can <laughs> clearly fill this guy's skates. But uh, his beard has grown, and so his offensive capabilities. Mm-hmm. He, Absolutely, it rivals the Puste beard. That's but, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, the bottom lines are still kind of a quandary to me. I don't really like. Uh, Nick Benito and Austin Watson on the same line. I don't think that they are a great match, and Colton Sissons is definitely being worn down. But much like James Neal going to the front of the net, Nick Benino goes to the front of the net. Mm-hmm. Last night gets a great feed from Colton Sissons and ties the game up. So if Nick Benino is a problem on your team, you pro- you're probably pretty stacked. Right, exactly. Especially with uh, the role that he's been put into because of getting a guy like Duchesne in the on the top line and sort of knocking everybody down into their more natural spot mm-hmm. in, in the uh, uh, in the lineup uh, center depth is just something that outstanding uh, if you have it man it's gonna be a good season for you yeah and, and going off of that Kyle Turris moved down to the third line I mean, Kyle Turris is... Perfect for him. Exactly, because it, it, it gives him a chance to uh, gain some confidence back on NHL ice. He was outstanding in the uh, World Championships this summer. Mm-hmm. He was named captain of Team Canada. Mm-hmm. He's been driving that third line. I like seeing Smith and Turris back together. Yes. I don't know about Cali Yarncroke on that first line. Uh, he definitely played better mm-hmm. with uh, Johansson and Arvidsson. So maybe the situation with Cali Yarncroke is that he needs good centers. Mm-hmm. And maybe not good centers is a bad word. Maybe he needs the right center, the, sure, the right center, sure. To um, that's fair. Elevate his play because he wasn't really doing much with Kyle Turris, but he was doing a lot with Ryan Johansson. Yes, and uh, and Joey is a uh, that guy's that guy's talented. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so there's there there's another former Blue Jackets center for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember... They're just stealing all the Blue Jackets. Right, right. Uh, and I, I remember uh, going to a, uh, a training camp uh, at, at, uh, at Nationwide, and they ended it out with, uh, with some uh, shootout attempts yeah. uh, just on both sides of the ice. Just It was... I mean, they were clearly practicing shootouts, but a lot of it was geared towards the fans yeah uh and boy did did joey really play up to that (laughs) that guy that guy had some some filthy mitts on that day (laughs) and he uh he was doing some things that i've never seen before put putting pucks between legs uh you know sort of cradling almost almost lacrosse style uh that that actually you've seen matt duchene do in in all-star games and things like that (laughs) but uh uh, I mean, but to to have that guy on line two, awesome. Thirty four goal scorer Victor Arvidsson on line <laughs> yeah. two. Uh huh. Well, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take that any yeah. day. Um, Daniel Carr made his debut against the Predators. I think that he was a little bit more effective on the puck than Grimaldi was. I don't think that he necessarily has Grimaldi's speed, but he definitely um, was playing well. With uh, Kyle Turris and Craig Smith, I like Craig Smith and Kyle Turris together. That being said, I wouldn't mind seeing Kyle Turris skate with Victor Arvidsson and uh, Ryan Johansson simply because 
he played a little bit in the preseason with them, and mm-hmm. they looked good. Mm-hmm. They looked good. I wouldn't mind seeing Colton Sissons bumped up to that third line, have a sissons grimaldi Yarncroke line, and then... Not um, bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not exactly a scoring line, but it's a much better than the Benino-Watson-Sissons line right now. Right, but that's the that's the beauty of having depth is <laughs> is being able to play around with those those lineups a little bit especially having depth down the middle mm-hmm. where you can you can take one of those guys push him out to the wing and 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 see uh and see what he's got yeah and um see if he can stretch play a little bit more with with some speed without a doubt and the one more one more player i just want to focus in and this is uh for all my twitter for all my Twitter people out there, Matt Irwin, dude. <laughs> there you go. Stuck on the ice against the San Jose Sharks for three minutes and 11 seconds. Awesome. No penalties, no excruciating turnovers, and no goals allowed. Matt Irwin is back. There you go. I'm just kidding. No, he's not. He's well still, done, Matt. He, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's still terrible. All right. We're, st- we're going to take a 30-second break and then get right back into it. Up next, we're going to talk about teams that have surprised us both good and bad, the return of Braden Point, and more stats on the Columbus Blue Jackets and John Gibson. You're listening to 91.5 FM WGRE, your sound alternative. Are you tired of trying to track down and follow all of your favorite WGRE DJs and broadcasters? Fear not, listeners. I have the perfect solution for you. We're on Twitter. Just follow us at WGRE Radio to get updates from your favorite college radio station as they happen. Now you can sit back and relax and still be in the know. WGRE, your Twitter alternative. Welcome back to Puck Talk. My name is Spider Jack, along with Coach Columbus today, who's rocking the Columbus Blue Jacket shirt. Gotta, gotta do it. Gotta right. represent game, game night. Love it. You gotta. I if if I can find a way to to fit something Columbus Blue Jackets on every day, I uh, I certainly try to. There's been a uh, few DePaul baseball games uh, where that's been. Uh, where I've snuck a, a Blue Jackets undershirt under the, the jersey and maybe things some, like that. Maybe some Blue Jackets uh, tidy whities logo Th- right where that, you want that it to is, be. That is for me to know <laughs> and, and only me to know. But, uh, but yeah, any any anytime I can rep the, the Jackets uh, and with the... Uh, uh, with the, the good play of the Colorado Avalanche, specifically rocking the the Matt Calvert uh, uh, there Blue, Blue Jackets go. jersey. Yeah. So my boy Matty Calvert uh, really doing some some good things on the checking line for uh, for Colorado. Yeah, really one of the uh, one of the if if there is a Mount Rushmore for fan favorites in Columbus, uh, Matt Calvert top of the list for sure. Yeah. Guy, that guy is uh, that guy's gritty. Uh, he's got just enough jump that he can he can score a little bit. But my gosh, that guy works hard. Uh, and probably one of the the brightest moments in Columbus history was uh, Rick Nash's return to um, to Columbus for the first time with the Rangers. Uh, Nash bumping then goalie Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in in the crease. And then Matt Calvert coming in and dropping the gloves with with Rick Nash. I yeah. think that uh, that cemented him as as a uh, as a fan favorite for life for the, for Jackets fans. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Jackets, they are not doing well. They are they lost 
back-to-back to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins yes. in quite terrible fashion. <laughs> right. And then they finally got that uh, first win of the season over Buffalo in overtime on Monday. They will face the Anaheim Ducks tonight, then go to Carolina tomorrow, and then in the midweek they'll be back home against Dallas. Not exactly a great stretch of games starting the first of the year facing hot teams like the Anaheim Ducks, the Hurricanes, and the Stars. The Stars aren't doing that well, but Buffalo was Buffalo was a good win. I feel like yeah. that's a good place to start turning things around, but overall, they have not been playing well. It has, uh, it has not been a great, uh, a great few games for them, and when you look at this week as a week where they have to rebound and uh and have to get back on track oh by the way here come the carolina hurricanes yeah uh, who are doing nothing but winning games mm-hmm. and uh and here comes one of the hottest goalies in the league in john gibson uh so good luck with that with your scoring by committee columbus blue Jackets. <laughs> uh i mean the game against buffalo uh they they tried in the worst way to uh to give that one up Le- uh, giving up the lead with uh, about a minute and a half left in the game. Um, if if all NHL games were played three on three, then the Jackets would be a top team in the league. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not. That's not it's it. five <laughs> on five usually. So, uh, but uh, uh, but when when Nick Felino and and God bless Nick Felino, he's a he's a nice. Nice captain, nice centerpiece of the of the jackets in terms of you know the whole package of leadership and things like that. But when Nick Felino's re- leading you in points, not a great not start, a, not a good place to be. Uh, but uh, hats off to him for willing that victory uh, the other day with uh, stealing a puck in the corner and uh, dishing it off to to the Frenchman Alexander Texier mm-hmm. uh, who by the way that is a name to remember Alexander Texier that guy is going to be good yeah he is and to put this into perspective for all you listeners out there Nick Felino leads the team in points with three points one goal and two assists and then Cam Atkinson Zach Wierenski and uh, Riley Nash are in second place for points with uh, two apiece so if Riley Nash is second on the team of points, that's not good. No. Uh, Gustav Nyquist, one of the free agents signed over the offseason, has one point. So does uh, Seth Jones and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, well, and, they, uh, and Nyquist's point was was w- one of two goals in the 7-2 to route against the, uh, against the Penguins. So kind of a pointless goal. So kind of a pointless goal is exactly right. He's been... Um, to, to say he's been invisible is probably a little harsh, but but he hasn't been making an impact on the on the ice just yet. Maybe he's trying to fit in uh, and just hasn't found that fit just yet. But really, the guy you got to look at is uh, is Atkinson. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, he is leading them with with two goals, but uh, they they need they need him bad to be the guy. Yeah, uh, and not not have to be so reliant on on his line mates, and he needs to be able to to create more scoring chances for himself. Mm-hmm. And I uh, mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, not because he's on my fantasy team, and I really <laughs> need him to get points there you go. so I can win, but he, need, he's he like Atkinson, really needs to get going and get going soon because Pierre-Luc Dubois is a part of 
the blood Blue Jackets' future without a doubt. So if he and Atkinson can get going, I think they might stand a chance. Mm-hmm. That being said, if they don't get going, it's going to be a real bad year for the Blue Jackets. He's been he's been anointed the the line one center and uh, it needs to start playing like one. Uh, he's yeah. a he's a great talent. Uh, but that guy gets he gets wrapped up in the in the extracurriculars from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you want your line one center to also be an agitator? Not necessarily. Not necessarily and at all. Especially on a on a team like the Jackets, we have plenty of of guys on that <laughs> third and fourth line that can play that role. Uh, it doesn't need to be BLD. No, and. What I find most surprising is uh, the little impact that Gustav Nyquist has. He had a great postseason with the San Jose Sharks. He had an immediate impact on the Sharks when he signed and then comes to Columbus and suddenly he's not invisible. But, you know, what do you see uh, for the future of uh, Gustav Nyquist in Columbus? He is going to... He's going to figure it out in, in some respect. Mm-hmm. Um but really, where where should he fit? Is the is the big question? Is um, he is he the is he a first line? He's on the second line. It, um, so is he a first line? He is a can fringe be? first line. You he probably don't be? want him to be. Okay, you probably want him to be on the second line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the health of your roster is probably better if he's on the second line. Um, but can he be? Yes. Uh, I think they are just from from an outsider's perspective, um, an inside outsider, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, lo- lo- appears like they're trying to get uh, Alex Wenberg to bounce back mm-hmm. as a as their line two center after back to back poor seasons, um, and I think they're trying to put him with a fellow Swede, trying to <laughs> trying to give him some sort of comfortability because he had a terrible year followed by a really good uh tournament in the uh in the world championships around fellow swedes so maybe <laughs> maybe he just needs that comfortability of uh of the uh the blue and yellow cross out there with him yeah well, and it does say a lot when players from different countries are able to play with each other because the nhl is not all these players play with they play in World Championships and the ICF, like there are so many different places to play hockey mm-hmm. other than uh, North America. So it's not like after the Stanley Cup or after this team gets eliminated from the playoffs or after they don't make the playoffs at all, they they, they just stop. No, they just go somewhere else, put on a different uniform, and start right. playing. Exactly, never stops. It never stops. Yeah. Um, they will face the Anaheim Ducks tonight at seven p.m. your local time. What do you see? Uh, how do you solve John Gibson? Because John Gibson has been phenomenal. Yeah, for I mean, for the Jackets, it's going to have to be uh, throwing pucks on net, just nonstop, just not nonstop. Um, now the Jackets are they, they have enough speed where they can get out into a uh, an open ice set situation where they uh, get a little breakaway going. They cannot. Uh, it's always Boone Jenner or uh, or Josh Anderson who. Neither of them have a whole lot of finish to their their game, mm. um, so there, it's gonna have to be uh, throw pucks on net, crash, and hope that somebody's there at the right time. 
Yeah, and to put, to, I don't want to worry you necessarily, but John Gibson right now has a nine six one save average, save percentage. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh, um, I mean the guy, three the guy's wins. loading it up. That's for sure. Three yeah. wins and one loss, and the loss last came to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night when Gibson allowed two goals. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an uphill climb all night long for the Jackets. Yeah, and but the good part, it, it's it's kind of a weird situation this game tonight because it's not that the Jackets can't score; it's that they're not scoring. Right. So the potent the potential is there, and the problem with the Ducks is that they have a fantastic goaltender but cannot score. Mm-hmm. And the Jackets do not exactly have a stable goaltending situation right now at all. No, it, this is this this game is going to help out one of these two teams, right? Uh, if the Jackets are able to to steal a win against Gibson, maybe that leads to a little bit of momentum going into Carolina in the back to back. If the Ducks throw anything at Junis Corposalo. They are going to find the back of the net. It's just a matter of how many shots can you put on him, yeah. and and what does that lead to? Because uh, his the the save percentage on Corpusalo not impressive. No, and I don't think that he's a number one goaltender. He is not. He's a he is a a backup that you go. Oh, yeah, okay. Cor- Corpy can come in and and maybe steal a win. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the he'll. He's, he's he's intended to give the starter a break. Exactly. He's uh, he's good in small doses, uh, <laughs> but uh, which is which is also odd because he seems to need a stretch of games to get hot too. So as a backup, not a great great place to be in. Um, so it's uh, it, we'll we'll see where it goes with Corpy, but uh, but it, the answer at least for now doesn't look like it's Elvis Merzlikens either uh, mm-hmm. who made his NHL debut with a nice seven goals against against the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins even through the uh, viewing parties in, in Latvia uh, getting ready for Elvis Mania oh boy that was that was tough to watch and it says something when Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel are not on the ice and you still get routed yes. seven to two <laughs> yep um just want to touch on John mm-hmm. Gibson real quick. What if I told you that last year was he was the closest? I believe uh, he was as close as he's ever been to winning the Vesna Trophy, and last year was statistically his worst year. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is unreal. And you know why it's unreal? Because he his goals against average last year was two point eight four. And his save percentage was nine seventeen, and with two shutouts, yeah. and that's his worst year. Yeah, and looking back in that twenty sixteen twenty seventeen season, six shutouts, goals against average of two point two two, and a save percentage of nine two four. When the Ducks had made it to the Western Conference Final, right, and when he went down, and when um, John Gibson was put in that the series was over. Mm-hmm. That was it. So, John Gibson is without a doubt the difference maker in Anaheim right now. For sure. And if John Gibson 
were on an East Coast team or even a Midwest team, Vesna finalist every single year. Every year. If he if he is on uh, on a, a Toronto Maple Leafs team or if he even is, a New Jersey uh, Devils team. Oh man, could you imagine that? They'd be be talking about the second coming of Marty Brodeur in uh <laughs> in New Jersey. Uh I mean he's he's got a, a little bit of star power to him in terms of uh of how he can play and it's just unfortunate that every game starts at ten o'clock Eastern for him uh out on the West Coast. So would you rather watch Jimmy Fallon or John Gibson? I'd rather watch Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> And on that note, we got to take a minute break. So you are listening to 91.5 FM, your sound alternative on WGRE. Our teens are using nicotine at increasing rates with dire consequences to their health. And today, e-cigarettes are the most commonly used tobacco product amongst students ages 14 to 18. I'm Tammy Silverman with the Indiana Youth Institute. Nearly 9 out of 10 nicotine users start before age 18. And 3 out of 14 smokers or vapors will become adult smokers. It's critically important to keep kids away from nicotine of any type as the brain continues developing until age 25. Adolescent use of products containing nicotine can harm the part of the brain responsible for mood, learning, and impulse control. Teens who reportedly would never smoke cigarettes are attracted to e-cigarettes because of flavorings, design, and perceived social acceptance. Talk to your kids about the dangers of vaping before it becomes an addiction. This Kids Count Minute is a message from the Indiana Youth Institute in partnership with the Alliance for a Healthier Indiana. For more parent tips, visit IYI.org. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack and Coach Columbus, and we just touched on John Gibson and the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now we're going to move on to surprises of the week, both good and bad. Coach Columbus, what do you got? With uh, with surprises of the week, I sort of took it as my sort of top five, bottom five, almost for for the uh, for the league. So okay, uh, so my my surprises are. Uh, number one, the start that the Carolina Hurricanes have gotten off to. Um, yep. I think uh, they they match their leadership under um, under Rod Brindamore, uh, and those guys are just relentless. Uh, they you you look at them in in, in what they what they've added. I thought that the uh, subtraction of Justin Williams was going to make a bigger difference in the room but apparently not they've got it rolling pretty well uh edmonton obvious in in the surprise there we we touched on that at the beginning of the show uh mentioned it slightly with buffalo uh victor olafson uh the the rookie out of sweden uh off to a great start with with four goals there um and then uh the starts that uh, Colorado and Boston, while not really surprising in terms of Boston, Boston right. you just sort of expect to be there. Uh, but uh, but the Avs getting off to to the hot start too. That's uh, that's a good surprise for them. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, Carolina and Edmonton. And uh, who are your bad teams? The bad teams are, uh, of course, you look at the Ottawa Senators. But, Ottawa gonna but, Ottawa, but, but it's. It, 
Hashtag wanna, Ottawa wanna, gonna Ottawa. Trend it. <laughs> don't don't want to uh, to rip on them too much because they uh, they they've dealt with too much. You got to just let let Ottawa do their thing. Uh, New Jersey, without a doubt, yeah, uh, one of the one of the worst surprises uh, with all of the firepower that they added with uh, with Subban and Simmons and uh, Nikita Gusev. You would think. Mm-hmm they could figure something out there for a team that was was not all that far off to begin with but uh you know now taylor hall seems to be a little bit uneasy about what's going on there so how long can you keep him happy uh that's a big big question for them minnesota off to a a terrible start um i mean when you when you take out your gm right before the season starts and try to bring in somebody new what does that do organizationally yeah um and uh, and of course, it doesn't help that uh, Matt Zuccarello is, has been absent uh, from the score sheet. Yeah, um, and then you you get down to uh, your uh, your Chicago San Jose mm-hmm. territory. Uh, Chicago bad surprise only in the the sense that you feel like you should expect more. Um, I don't know if you really should expect more, but uh, uh, <laughs> but at at, at, some, at some point, uh, you know, they're going to have some uh, some tough decisions to make with what are they as a team. Uh, San Jose, we we hit on a lot, uh, but the uh, the big one is uh, is the Florida Panthers. You look at that roster with uh, with Barkov and. Uh, and Hoffman and and uh, guys like Aaron Ekblad on the on the blue line, and then you add in a Sergei Bobrovsky. Sounds like, like that sounds like, like you're punching your deal. ticket, right? But uh, but Bobrovsky off to a four seven seven goals against average and an eight five nine save percentage, which would not be leading the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> if he was back. So as a uh, as a jilted uh, uh, Blue Jackets fan. Kind of love to see see that bad surprise, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd agree with all of it. So it turns out that Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford are not the best goaltending tandem in the league, right? <laughs> Who could have thought? Right, exactly. No, I the bad surprises were definitely Chicago. I, I thought that Chicago was going to be. Um, I thought Chicago would get at least off to a good start. And they they have not done that. Maybe they'll pick it up like the Blues did midseason last year. But four games in, they've been terrible. And that might mean nothing objectively yeah. in a week or in two weeks when we're back on the air. But still, uh, that is that that that's pretty bad. And Chicago just doesn't seem like a great fit for Robin Leonard. He fit it, well in New York yes, with Barry Trotz. With Trotz, absolutely. He was in in the right right situation for him with a guy who. Uh, with a guy who's there to you know pat him on the back right. here and there, as opposed to Chicago, where expectations every year, whether they should be or not, are so high, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know a fan base that will get all over you if if you don't hit those expectations. That's a that's a rough spot for a guy like Leonard. Yeah, and um, another team was definitely New Jersey. I thought. It, I, I bought into the hype of Jack Hughes and P.K. Yes. Subban, and that hype is not there. No. Not at all. Uh, New Jersey has definitely been disappointing. Um, Corey Schneider seems to be a goalie that you just 
you wait for something to happen and it just never like you wait for that thing to click yeah uh, and it just never clicks. never clicks like you, you expect like oh maybe this is the breakout year for Corey schneider maybe he's the guy who who everybody thinks he is everybody thought he was in or had a chance to be in vancouver uh and then <laughs> he just hovers somewhere around the middle every single year and doesn't seem like a guy that you can really count on He's a to great pra- win you a game. He's a great practice player. Yes, absolutely. And there are a lot of great practice players. It's hard to find guys that can perform in games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Florida, of course, with uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, and uh, it, that that's been a that's been a mess. Um, you know, I think the the one team that has surprised me thus far, and they've only played two games, but the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. They're flying. Mm-hmm. They're moving around. They're moving the puck. They're having a great time. Carter Hart posts his uh, first shutout of the year. That incredible five-on-three save on Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Carter Hart is definitely the future of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I love that. I loved watching uh, Carolina play with, obviously, the storm surges and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Stahl seems to have stepped into his role as the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and some... Sebastian Aho has not been playing well. Yeah. All things from what we've seen in the past, Sebastian Aho is not playing to his capabilities. Right. He should be putting points up like a Kane or a McDavid mm-hmm. and he hasn't done that so far and the Hurricanes are still winning. So that says that speaks to says how a lot. Yeah. that speaks to how well they're meshing in the locker room, that speaks to how well they're performing. Uh, another surprise was the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I didn't expect them to get off to a hot start. I thought that they would have a little bit of a um, Stanley Cup hangover, and it seems that they have picked up right where they've left off. It seems like in in some of those games, it's like the hangover's there, but they find a way to get over it. Well, that's what good teams do. Exactly. They. It seems like it seems like there's a point at which in every Blues game, uh, they you go, oh man. They did not come ready to go tonight. But then all of a sudden, boom, 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 they're back into it. Uh, and uh, and they find a way to win. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, they're, the hangover is, is their only kind of. Yeah. But, but they drank a lot of water. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they hydrate well during the game. And uh, uh, once, they get, once they get it back in there, uh, I mean, they it's clearly a team that believes in themselves they did a good job of keeping the core intact uh yes yes Edmondson out but yes Falk in there so Mm -hmm. uh so not a whole lot of change there so that's that's a group that still is uh you know going to be moving forward I don't think that Jordan Bennington is still um I I think he looks shaky in Mm -hmm. that right now um and I say shaky. I'm judging the last game based off sure. the uh, Ottawa Senators, who scored four goals, and they needed the offensive uh, firepower mm-hmm. to uh, really get back in it. But you know, I uh, I look at a team like the St. Louis Blues, and I just uh, it, it it infuriates me that oh, I'm sorry, Jake Allen started against the uh, Senators team. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> but it fear it infuriates me the fact that uh, they are still performing well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the Central's going to be fun. It's it is fun. Um and now that like we uh like you said Patrick Laine's back and you know he's not being a complete douchebag. Right. So um you know Winnipeg Jets might be uh 
be a team to watch. The Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators, and um, they're obviously teams to watch. The Dallas Stars have not gotten off to a great start. They've not, but that's a team that, for some reason, I don't know why, I believe in that that group with it's with Pavelski. It's it is definitely Pavelski. Pavelski f- feels like the guy that they bring in to take him over the top. Um, but I mean, if they can get Sagan and Ben playing to how they are supposed to play. You've got guys on the blue line like Hiskinen and, and Klinberg and they can <laughs> they can create a lot of opportunities from their their side. And then Ben Bishop, who's just a monster. Uh they uh I mean that's a team to to look out for. It'll just as long as they can get it going sooner than later. Mm-hmm. That that'll have a lot to say with what they do, and Radulov too. Yeah, how did I, I forget? Yeah, I mean that that lineup is loaded. Mm-hmm. Now, I would Corey s- Perry on a on a cheap deal eh, too. Eh, but, eh, eh, Corey Perry. <laughs> but I mean, you look at a guy like Joe Pavelski who mm-hmm. had, who apparently was the big difference maker in San Jose. Yes, and now he's on a Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, and Alexander Radulov Dallas Stars team, mm-hmm. and guys like uh, Heiskanen. That team's going to be dangerous once they get going. Mm-hmm. So I, I would not uh, write off the Dallas Stars like I would write off the Devils. Well, and that's why you look at the Blackhawks and go, this is, this ain't a good start, and it's not going to spell good things for them, too, because they have all of those teams in front of them. Yeah, and um, I mean, the Minnesota Wild, of oh, course, wild. Is, just a, is just a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, the sooner they can turn the page might be better for them. <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota ex-Nashville Predators. Um, right. Ryan Hartman scores a goal. Kevin Fiala has done effectively nothing. Um, Devin Dubnik is still Devin Dubnik. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you're going to get out of Devin Dubnik. Um, occasional great game, mediocre games, and then games like, why are you in the NHL? Yes. Um, that's the... I guess that would be... I. I it would be a surprise, but it is a very bad team. Um, and then we get to, of course, the Nashville Predators, and it's wonderful that the offense is finally there because they're going to need it. Yes. Um, the uh, other big surprise, I'd have to say, is the Pittsburgh Penguins just because they lost Evgeny Malkin to injury. That's going to be a tough uh, team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a way. Um, they'll they'll, they, find, they'll a way. find a way. The thing about the Penguins, and I talked about this with Axe, is that they somehow always put together a roster where you think, oh, that's a Stanley Cup team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You never never cross them off the list. No. And, um, well, I anyways. actually have one other real quick surprise for us. Yeah, uh, sure. Go ahead. Peter Cech, former <laughs> uh, Chelsea and Arsenal goalkeeper yeah. in the Premiership, now starting his career as a professional hockey goalie in the NIHL Division Two in uh, in the UK, so he's playing for Guildford. So, uh, so there's there's a reason to check out NIHL hockey, especially in the second division. Yeah, the thirty seven year old without a doubt. And when I get when we come back from fall break, I will be covering the Indy Fuel, the ECHL affiliate of the. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. So we'll have an uh, Indy Fuel segment here on Puck Talk. What there do you think? we go. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So tonight, the Buffalo Sabres take on the Florida Panthers. The Anaheim Ducks take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the 
Carolina Hurricanes take on the New York Islanders in a second round rematch. On Saturday, there will be much more hockey. From all of us here at DePaul University, Coach Columbus, Spider Jack, you're listening to 91 FM, your sound alternative, WGRE.